This is great. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to share with you guys. And, um, and I can't wait to see what comes out of my mouth because <laughs> <laughs> I'm really relying on Holy Spirit. And um, I just had this stirring, you know, in my, in my insides of just love, honestly, that wants to come out. And so um, this, this message actually was birth, just the idea of this message, um, on my way coming for pre-service prayer, and I heard Holy Spirit say, activate, and I was like, that's cool, activate, like, what, activate what, you know, and he's just like, love, activate it, so I was just like, well, let's, let's just look this up, because I like to understand what words, you know, really mean, because sometimes we say words, and, you know, we don't really understand what what they're tied to. So I, I looked up the word activate, and it says to make active or operative. And then I kind of laughed, and I was like, that sounds like when you're doing a spelling t- test, you know, in second grade, and they give you the word, and they make you write the sentence out, and you use the word in your sentence. <laughs> not thinking, they didn't, like, give me an answer of what it means. You're just using the word again here. So, um, so what I did is I just broke it down a little bit more, and so I looked up the word active, and I looked up the word operative. And so active means engaged in action, and operative means having an effect. So if I put that together with love, that Holy Spirit was saying, engage in action in my love, and have an effect. And I was like, man, this is awesome. Like, I want to do this. And, you know, the Bible, it's, it's show and tell. It is seriously show and tell. And so I want to just be a part of that. And uh, the scripture that uh, goes along with this is 1 John 3.18. And it says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and truth. So here it is, you know, God's like action, you know. I want you guys to, to, to love each other and to, to be a part of my love with one another. And um, the first thing that I think that we need to understand, though, is that we can't make God love any more than he does. And we can't stop him from loving any more than he does. So his love just exists and existed before any of us were here and it's going to continue to exist forever and ever. So the fact is that God loves us, all of us, and he loves you and he loves me. And so this isn't really about activating love in him. It's about activating love here in the world through, through him He's going to do that through us. Like, his love's going to come through us. And um, there's a scripture that I wanted to read with you guys. So, um, okay, I'm going to get to that in a minute. I used to really feel, like, uh, inadequate. I used to feel like I wasn't really good at anything. And I remember driving with my husband in the car, and I was thinking— out loud telling him, you know what, I, I think I'm like kind of good at a lot of things, but I'm not really great at anything. And that actually was like burdening me. And then one day I was thinking, you know what, I'm actually really good at loving. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm good at loving, but I didn't put like a, uh, I didn't put a high enough price tag on that. I didn't really honor that in me, even though that in the Bible God talks about how 
love is who he is. It's God is love. But yet I just felt inadequate even though I was loving. And I have four kids at home and um, it's, it's like they all think that they are my favorite. <laughs> it's actually pretty cool. I was like, you guys all really believe that you're my favorite. Like, that's awesome. And they argue with each other about it. And I just don't say anything. I'm like, you're all right. Um, so basically, the truth is, I'm great at loving, and I want to get better at putting that into action. I want to get better at activating that. And I want to be able to, um, to just put it in motion. So it says um, in 1 John 4.12, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. So he's calling us to action, to love one another. But what he's saying is, my love is complete in you when you love each other. Let that sink in for a minute. Like, if we're not pouring into one another and loving one another, then he's basically saying, my love's not complete in you. Like, this is, this is a, a, a river of love that has to flow. This has to flow in us, from him, and out of us, so that he is made complete in us. So I have a, you know, question is how do we love one another? How do we do this? So, you know, this actually isn't about being an imitator of Christ. It's not actually being um, about doing, reading through the Bible and doing the exact same things that he did. It's not about that. It's actually about abiding in him. It's about letting him pour into us and us pouring into him and creating that love relationship between our Heavenly Father and us and then just becoming love and having that overflow out of us. So it's not about doing anything. So for those of you who are just like, I don't know how to do this. I'm not sure how to love others. But it's really about being. It's not about doing, okay? But we are going to go ahead and just look at a few of the things that uh, Christ did when he was here. And so he spoke the truth. He prayed and he interceded for people. He healed the sick. He cast out demons. He gave correction. He fed the hungry. And his greatest act of love was his life. It was his life. And so we are called to lay down our life for one another. And I know that sounds really like crazy because I'm not, I'm not going to like step in front of like a moving vehicle <laughs> to like probably save somebody, you know. I mean, I don't think that's what he's saying, you know. I think that what he's saying is that we need to die to ourselves in order to love one another. We have to, to crucify our flesh. We have to, to die to things that we want in order to love another person. Because when we're being focused on ourselves and we're looking at everything that we need and what we want, because we want to feed our flesh. We want to, we want to love ourselves. And let's be honest, we want everyone else to love us. So when we're focused on that, it's really hard to pour out our love onto others. 
So in order to love one another and activate the love of God, what we need to do is learn how to die. We have to learn how to die to our flesh and to ourselves. So here's the thing. Even though God is love, he did not stop at being love. He took action in his love, right? He came, he, he did all of these things that I was talking about. He, he went to the cross. Um, yeah. Here's the thing. The very thing that draws us to God, like we're, we're hungry for him and he has this table and this buffet set before us and we want to eat everything that he has for us, right? He's like, I love you. I want to invite you in. I'm grafting you into my heart. I'm grafting you into the kingdom. I'm, I'm adopting you. You are mine and I am yours. And he gives us everything that we want. Like, we can sit at this table and, and eat with him and take in everything that he has for us. And so I found myself going to um, like conferences and just reading stacks of books and just taking in everything that I can. And I still felt like discontent. And I started to just feel like, well, you know what? I think maybe I'm just overeating. And I know that might sound funny, like, well, can you overeat when it comes to, like, what God has for you? <laughs> you guys ever just get uncomfortable after you eat, like, a really big meal? And you're just sitting there like, oh, my gosh, I can't even move, and I'm full, and, you know, you almost feel sick. And I feel like we can get like that when it comes to spiritual things. We can get like that when it comes to just taking in and taking in and taking in, and we're just... We're just getting full. So the very thing that drew us in, the very thing that's feeding us, the very thing that's nourishing us is actually starting to make us feel a little uncomfortable. And I think that there's Christians that are mature, but you get stuck in this place where you're, you're uncomfortable and you don't know why. And I feel like God answered me when I asked him this question a while back, and he's like, it's because you're not pouring it out. You know, you're going to a conference, and you're just like, what word am I going to get? What do you have for me? What am I going to learn? Me, 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 me. What about me? Am I going to have a word? You know, am I going to take something back for me? And finally, Holy Spirit was like, when next time you go to something, I don't want you to think about yourself. And I can tell you guys, it was the best conference I've ever been to because he had me praying for this person, praying for that person, pouring out, just ministering to the hearts of his children. And finally, I got it. I got the scripture, 1 John 4, 12. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, he lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. His love was not being made complete in me because I was sitting at the table, and I was overeating, and I was too full to move. Too full to move.
So, Jesus did not do this on his own. That's a really good news. He did not um, go out on his own, and he actually had his father that he looked to. And so I'm going to go ahead and read another scripture. He actually talks about, I only do what my father tells me to do. Acts 10.38 says, John the Baptist preached... After the baptism of Jesus, God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and the power of how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. God was with him. And here's the great news. If Jesus could not do these things on his own, then guess what? We can't do them on our own. And I think that's really great news. (laughs) I do. Because I wouldn't be up here if I thought I could do it on my own. We need the Holy Spirit. We need his power. But we can't just, we can't just take it in and let that, let that water and that love rush all over us and then just be a dam that stops it up. Can I say dam if I'm saying it like that? <laughs> we, we can't be that. We have to like, we have to move all that stuff out of the way And we have to release that love and that flow and that water through us. So I'm going to talk about a little bit later, like what that dam looks like. Because there's things that block us. There's things that keep us from being able to love one another. So I want to talk about spiritual gifts for a minute. And... um, Spiritual gifts are awesome. They're amazing. They're great. I want to operate in every single one of them. I do. But here's the thing. It, love, if you, if you look at it as like a portal, love, everything that he does, all his power, all his miracles, all the healings, all of the restoration, it comes through love. That's the way it comes through us. So I don't know about you guys, but I used to be afraid of the gifts. I don't know if anybody feels that way. I could be totally alone in that. I heard a story one time um, from these guys, because I go on campus, and there's these military guys there, and they have to be on campus too. And so in between lunches, like, we talk, we hang out. And I was telling him a little bit about what I do, and then they were sharing some stories with me. And he shared this one story about a guy who was, they were doing like training with these firearms. And they they realized that one of the guys was actually shooting his firearm with his eyes closed. And I was like, you have to be kidding me. Like, how do you do that? Like, and they're all lined up next to each other. And this guy's firing this like, you know, automatic rifle with uh, his eyes shut. And so when the person... I think next to him realized it. I mean, they shut the whole operation down, you know. They were just like, look, we all need to move out of the way because somebody's going to get hurt over here. And so what they did is the sergeant came over to this guy and he took his weapon and he had him dismantle it. And then he had him learn all the parts and then he had him put it back together and darned if he wasn't like the best shooter once he started shooting with his eyes open. The reason his eyes were shut 
is because um, he, was a, he was scared. He was scared of his weapon. And I feel like I connected to that story in the sense that with spiritual gifts, like I was kind of scared of the weapon. And I feel like I was like, on one hand, I really, really, really wanted the gifts. And I really, I'm like, man, I want to see miracles. I want to see people healed. I want to see, you know, demons leave. <laughs> the first time I saw that happen, I, want, I wanted to leave. <laughs> so, yeah, oh my gosh, crazy stuff. So, I remember one of the, one of the first times I don't even know if it was the first time, but it was public. It was a very public time where Holy Spirit spoke to me. There was this guy who I prayed for, and he was going through cancer, and he had, um, he actually had a good report on his cancer, but then because of what the chemotherapy did to his body, he started to have problems with his kidney. And so earlier that day, I was just getting my hair done, and I saw a picture of somebody bent over in pain, and I was like, oh, like that person's sick. And I heard Holy Spirit tell me, no, it's his kidney. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And I just, that was it. I didn't know who it was or anything. So that night, I prayed for this guy. Eric and I were actually on our way out to leave. My Eric, sorry. My husband is Eric. I am surrounded by Eric's. And so my Eric, um, he, anyway, we were leaving, and the pastor's like, hey, wait, come pray for this guy. So I go back. I'm tired. I'm like, okay, you know, and I just sit down, and all of a sudden, Holy Spirit's like, this is who I showed you earlier. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You're going to totally heal him, or else why would you show me that? So I prayed for him, found out the next day his numbers for his tests went way up. And he was great. Like the next time we saw him, all his color was normal. His numbers were normal. And then the week later, this lady comes up to me and she's like, oh my gosh, I heard how you prayed for, you know, this guy. And she's like, will you pray for my husband? Okay, I'm embarrassed to tell you guys this. I don't tell anybody else, but I hid behind the sound <laughs> area because I was scared. I knew it wasn't me. I was minding my own business, getting my hair done when Holy Spirit butted in. And then I was on my way out the door when pastor called me back to pray for this guy. So I knew that I didn't have anything to do with it. So when this lady asked me to pray for her husband, I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I just felt so much pressure. And so the same thing happened to me, like, you know, when it comes to praying for people at the altar or, you know, just praying for somebody who wants to get healed or somebody who's having a hard time. Um, I was, I felt like I was striving. Finally, one day the Holy Spirit was like, just stop. And I want you to look at this person and I just want you to think how much you love them, how much I love them. And there was so much peace in that. There was so much revelation in that feeling, knowing that all I had to do was start with love and rest in him and rest in his love. So 
I don't know, sometimes I feel like I'm the only one, but then I pray for people, and then Holy Spirit talks to me, and I'm like, I'm not the only one. So we'll see if anybody relates to this story, but with, um, with the gift of healing, I've seen, I've seen some healings, and I really wanted to see more activation in that, and, this, and knowing that healings, um, the miraculous, they do express God's love to people. In fact, the first time that I was, the first time I came to Christ, I was 16. My mom had told me who Jesus was. I didn't really want to hear about it because I was busy doing my own thing. But then I had an appendicitis attack. So my first encounter with God was, I'm in a lot of pain here. If you're real, this is a really good time to prove it. That's how I accepted Christ. And immediately my pain went away. I was actually really, really sick. And I was able, they were going to transport me by ambulance to another hospital to have surgery. I still needed surgery. Um, my appendix ruptured in the doctor's hands when he took it out. And I just really believed that God just spared me from having a rupture before I got it taken out. But the cool thing was, like, they had to carry me in there. I was miserable. And then I was able to walk out and drive with my mom and have no pain. And so at that moment, I mean, that's why the miraculous is great. Um, but it has to be filtered through love. Because that's, that's the whole point. And I knew at that moment, like, wow, he sees me. He sees me and he loves me. He sees me and he loves me. And it was just such a great opportunity. And I want that feeling for other people. But I would always feel um, pressure. And so um, if, I'm, uh, you know, if I'm allowed to share here again or share someplace else, I, I have like all of these great lessons that Holy Spirit taught me about healing just personally. And then this is one of them. I want to share it with you guys. So I was up at this camp. And uh, it was a high school camp. So I was actually up there praying for students at the altar. And they're like, okay, if the students are struggling with this, I want you to raise your hand and, you know, I want you to make your way up and then have people pray for you. So I was the person praying along with other people up the front. And then they're like, if you need a physical healing, raise your hand. And my hand went up in the air. I'm like, oh, shoot, I gotta put my hand down. And so um, by then the kids were kind of like, you know, not paying attention. Let's be honest. And so, anyway, there was this other woman who saw me raise my hand and put it down really quick, and she was like, let me pray for you. And I was like, no, 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 I didn't. My hand just went up. And so, I actually had tendonitis in my elbow, my ankle, and my foot. And it hurt really, really bad, constantly, morning to night. It just, the pain never stopped. It hurt so bad. So, I'm standing there, and so I have to come out in front so you guys can see. So, I'm standing there, and her hair's kind of long, so she's like... It's hanging over my arm like this. But I feel like these little taps on my elbow. And I feel like my, my elbow is getting hot. And I was like, dang, something's going on. Like, is she kissing my elbow? And I was like, okay. <laughs> I think she's kissing my elbow. But I don't care because I feel like God's doing something, you know? Like the pain's about 50% gone. It's getting really hot. I was like, something's happening. I felt some tingling going on. So I'm like, all right. So she, st she looks up at me, and she looks me dead in the eye, and she goes, this is going to sound really weird. <laughs> and I was thinking, 
I have tendonitis in my elbow, I have tendonitis in my ankle and my foot, and you were just kissing my elbow, so go for it, because, <laughs> I mean, I showered after lunch, so. so she was, like, asking if she could kiss my foot. And so, of course, like, who wouldn't be uncomfortable with this, right? So I'm standing there, and she's kissing my foot, and I'm like, uncomfortable but I feel like you're moving in this and so I was just so I decided that I would talk to Holy Spirit and I was like what is up with the kisses because I just don't understand and this is his answer to me he says I'm healing you just because I love you and I really feel like I am not the only one who needs to hear that because we want to see God move. We want to see the miraculous. And we think, oh, do I have, to, I have to pray this way? And I forgot to call down the fire from heaven. Or I forgot to mention the, you know, I got the bones and I got the tissue. And shoot, I forgot to mention the tendons. And, you know, I mean, it's just I feel like you could get wrapped up in, like, you know, 20 steps, how to heal tendonitis in your body, you know. And Holy Spirit just was like, no. No, you don't, have to, you don't have to worry if, you know, you didn't crack your Bible for a week or, you know, you got mad at your kids. I'm going to heal you just because I love you. Just because I love you. I want to encourage you guys, if you're interested in... Um, operating in the, in the gifts. Uh, just, I know epiclife.org, have, we have a spiritual, or like a spiritual gift test. And so if you guys want to look that up too, um, I mean, we should desire the gifts, but everything should be motivated by love. We should know that when someone comes up to us and we want to pray for them, that it's just because God loves them. We don't need to jump through a hoop. We don't need to prove anything. We just need to be. It's really hard because the world asks us to do A, B, and C. You know, you guys have to perform this way and you guys have to, you know. But with God, he's like, look, remain in me and I'll remain in you. Become love. Overflow in that love. See people. Really, like, look at people and see them. You know, I was in the grocery store the other day, and like four people bumped into me, and it wasn't even crowded. I was like, nobody sees me, like, even at the grocery store. I don't want to be like that. I want to see people. I've actually been practicing these things that I'm sharing with you, and, um, and people are so used to people not seeing them. So if I go to the drive-thru or I'm at the store, you know, I just make eye contact with someone. I'm like, how you doing? They don't even know what to do. <laughs> like, they're still not even used to that. But the greatest thing is, like, most of the time, they're just like, hi, yeah, you know, they, like, want to talk to me. Find out what your gifts are. Ask God how you can use them to show your love to others. Another way that we can love others is by loving ourselves. Mark 12, 29 says, Jesus replied the most important, 
Jesus replied, comma, the most important commandment is this. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's really, really difficult to love yourself or to love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. And I finally realized that when there's actually some things that happen in my heart when I don't put up a boundary or I don't speak the truth out of fear or I don't correct someone, I actually start to get a root of bitterness. I get angry. I get resentful. These things can lead to forgiveness, unforgiveness. And then also just talking about the situation over, you know, with this person or that person, and then you're gossiping. So if I want to love others, then basically what I have to do is I have to start by loving myself. I have to be able to, to tell someone, you know what, that hurt my feelings, or that offended me, or talk about something with someone, and know that it's going to be safe for me to go ahead and... and and speak that out regardless of what their reaction is going to be. Knowing that I can love myself enough to say that if you're not okay with me loving myself, that's still not my problem. It's still not my problem. In fact, that became my catchphrase when I was learning this lesson, and I would just tell myself, that's not my problem. And I would have to say it a lot because I felt like everything was my responsibility, making everyone happy. And then I started to learn, like, that's not my problem. That's their problem. And not in a, in a non-loving way. I'm taking this to the extreme because I was in the extreme. Some of you might, might not have my problem. I know that my husband does not have this problem. <laughs> he doesn't tell himself, like, that's not my problem. I don't have to fix it. Like, that's not his natural tendency. But it was my natural tendency. So I, I, was, I struggled with that even because I'm like, am I being a good Christian when I tell myself that that's not my problem? <laughs> like, am I being loving, you know? And so we can really get wrapped up in these things. Yeah, sometimes we have to maintain a healthy space from people and know that it's okay. And I actually got a little bit of like revelation because I was reading that like Paul and Barnabas in the Bible, and I won't get into that whole story, but they took a break from each other. They weren't getting along. And I really believe that it was to maintain the love between them. I don't think that they, that they separated and they went away from each other out of hate or anger or spite. But honestly, like I can love some people better from a distance. And it's okay. That's the great part. It's really okay. <sighs> That's a good one. Okay, so <laughs> okay, so First Peter also tells us, First Peter four eight, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Okay, so here's the thing. I also need to forgive people. And sometimes I don't need to tell them I have a problem with you or you did this or you did that because remember I told you about the dam, how like the water doesn't flow through because like we have stuff there and this is more stuff. Like sometimes it's our stuff. Sometimes we have to like take a step back and look like, do I need to even talk to them about this? Because this might be my stuff. 
And we really need the Holy Spirit to help us with that. You know, we're supposed to pray for our enemy. And I would really encourage you guys that if, you know, I, I used to think, oh, our, I don't have any enemies. But Eric and I were actually separated for a while when, um, when he was using uh, drugs and we were together for five years of that roller coaster ride. And I used to pray for him and I used to actually have prayers that were written down because I didn't want to um, say anything nice to him, even to God or to myself. So I couldn't think of anything nice on my own to say. <laughs> and so I would just read prayers. But here's the thing. God started to change my heart. And he started to show me that it's not about... Um, it's not about an enemy, you know. It's just about a hurt. It's about reconciliation. It's about loving people even when they're hard to love. You know, most of us don't have enemies, you know. Um, God will start to change your heart towards that person. Okay, so let me go ahead and just go through um, a few of these things that will get us kind of tangled up in loving other people. Ecclesiastes says in 7, Ecclesiastes 7, 8, finishing is better than starting. Patience is better than pride. Now, I was like kind of confused when I read that. And I was like, what does patience have to do with pride? You guys might know the answer to that already, but I actually really had to seek God on this one. Um, then I started to think about it. Okay, when am I impatient? When I'm driving, when I'm standing in line, when my kids aren't being fast enough, you know, getting, doing what I told them to do, you know, when my husband's not giving me what I want, you know, I'll get impatient. And so Holy Spirit's like, well, why do you get impatient? I was like, because if I was the person in front of me driving, I would do it so much better. And if I was a person at the checkout that's making this line go so long, I would be not talking so much, and I'd be checking out a lot faster and, like, getting this line going. <laughs> you guys see where I'm going with this? Is it just me? Because we think that we can do it better. We think we're better than the next person. So we get impatient with them. Ouch. Sorry if that burns. Okay, also, judging people. We're, well, that's part of judging them, right? We're judging them because they can't do it right. <laughs> Who are we to say that they're not doing it right, right? We're judging them because they're different than us, you know? I mean, I was actually thinking about this, and I was like, oh, don't, should I say this, you know? But it's like, it was really breaking my heart because I was thinking about racism, and I was thinking about just our intolerance. You know, and it's, it's interesting, actually. Intolerance is the word that... Um, the school, high school campus that I go to, uh, they were having like a, 
the Christian, there's a Christian club there and there's a LGBT. I just mix up my litters. I'm dyslexic, sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, so they had a sign and, it's, and it said tolerance. And it broke my heart. And I'm going to tell you why, because it should say love. Sorry, but we shouldn't just be tolerating people. We should not tolerate people around us. We should love them. We should love them for who they are, where they are, because that's how God loves us. Comparison. <laughs> Man, okay, so I was in this 5K a long time ago. And um, so anyway, I was, I was running along, and then there was these girls. I'm older than I look, just so you know. And there was these girls that were, like, probably in their 20s, and, like, some of you guys here. And they're just like, seriously, I'm not even to joke with you guys. Oh, my gosh, I haven't even run in, like, so long. and This isn't even hard. And they're just, like, passing me up, and I'm just like... <sighs> And I'm like panting and they're just like, oh my gosh, I haven't even run in like three years and this is just so easy. And they're just like chatting and laughing and I'm just like huffing and puffing and I'm thinking like, don't stop, don't walk. It'll be the walk of shame if you walk, just keep running. So then there was this, there was this older gentleman who was considerably older than me and he was running about the same pace as me. So I was like, hey, how you doing? So we're running together for a little bit, you know? And then he was stopping, and he was like, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then I realized, like, no, you're so messed up in your head. <laughs> like, like, you feel bad one second because someone's better than you, and then you feel really great the next second because there's this older guy who's, like, out of breath. <laughs> and so, and I just really felt like God was talking to me saying, this is how you live your life. Like, if, if you use other people as your measuring stick, you're always going to be a mental case. <laughs> Because that's what I felt like. I was like, I feel great. Oh, I feel I'm terrible, you know. And there was another scripture, and you guys could look it up because you should be reading your Bible. But basically, it talks about how it's not wise to do that. It is not wise to measure yourself with other people, okay? So, and then the last one is, okay, well, competition's in there too, but, I mean, really, like, I don't have a story for that. But I can tell you that I can be competitive. And the thing is, like, why do we need to prove that we're better than someone else? Just saying. And then insecurity, which I've struggled with and not, thank God, so much these days. But it's actually a form of pride, which my list is actually all pride, in case you guys are wondering. It's kind of hard to define pride. I feel like these are really good examples. Um, insecurity is a form of pride because when you walk into a room and you're only thinking about yourself and how insecure you feel and how you don't feel like you're enough and how you don't feel like you fit in and how you don't feel like you belong and you don't feel like you have anything to offer, 
and you just don't feel like you measure up because you're comparing yourself, it's pride. Really, really hard to love people when you're just thinking about yourself. That was news to me. All these things are rooted in pride, and here's the thing about pride. Pride really loves itself, and it loves other people to love it too. So if we want to be people that love, if we want the Holy Spirit, because see, here's the thing. We cannot truly love people until we get to the end of ourselves and how much we can love. Because we have to tap into the love of God in order to love other people. So we have to get to the end of ourselves before we can get to the beginning of God. And his love never fails. If you're upset or you're mad at someone and you're like, I am tapped out of love for this person, you can go, you know what? But your love never fails. It's not just a song, and it's not just a song about how his love never fails in our life. It's that he has such a great amount of love that he can give you so that you can give to somebody else who you ran out. And it works. I'm just telling you this stuff works. We can't love others with our own love. We just can't. And I just want to encourage you guys as I wrap it up. Um, don't be afraid to love even if it's painful. Because Jesus' love led him right to the cross. And sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's really, really hard to feel the pain that it takes to love. And another example of this is not just people, but asking God to break your heart for what breaks his. I used to, I'm just going to tell you guys one quick story before I wrap it up. I, was, I went to the call to Azusa, um, I don't know, it was a month or so ago. Um, and they had like this video, and it was uh, Hiroshima and um, racial violence and what else, the Holocaust. And I was watching this video, and I was really sensitive and tormented when I was a little girl. World hunger. Like, when I was young, those things literally tormented me. I, I was burdened at a super young age. Like, it was so hard. And I really believed that God just made my heart tender towards those things. But when I was little, I didn't know what to do with them. And so I was watching this video, and I was like, oh, I don't like this video, God. I don't like it. I want to leave. I want to walk away. And he goes, no, stay and watch it. So I'm watching this video, and I start to cry because God's broken my heart for his people. And here's the thing. His heart was broken first for us. His heart is broken for you. Whatever you're going through right now, it's broken for you. And that's why he uses us to give the gift of prophecy or give a word. 
or do a healing, to come up. And, and I, I just want to say right now that we can't place so much emphasis on that either because hugs are super powerful. <laughs> Looking somebody in the eye, asking them how their day was, just telling them. There's this girl at the Christian club, and she is so adorable. She's like, Jesus loves you. Always remember Jesus loves you. And she'll say it like 15 times, and I'm like, Jesus loves me. <laughs> And it's just great. It's like, let's just, let's just do something that's new and a way to activate God's love, activate that love. And so I'm, I'm crying, I'm, I'm weeping, I'm hurting, and I just tell God, I don't know what to do with all this pain. <laughs> I really don't know. And he says, when you close yourself off, to my heart, that's my pain, you close yourself off to a part of me. Because he's in the suffering as much as he's in the good times. And my, my daughter, um, it was, our house was like kind of starting to get dark, and then she, she doesn't like that. She likes it bright. I like it bright too. It's my girl. And so she's like, Mom, i got to turn on all the lights. I'm like, well, it's not dark outside yet. It's just getting dark. And so she went around the house, and she turned on all the lights. And she stood back, and she was like, oh, nothing changed. I was like, Holy Spirit started to talk to me. We need to take our light into painful places. We need to take our light into dark places. Because if we do, it's going to shine brighter. We cannot keep, you know, it's, this is not even about being lukewarm. It's not about us being lukewarm. We could be bright, but if we're not taking ourselves into those places that we can be the light, that we can love someone because we don't want to be in the mess, we don't want to be in the pain, we don't want to feel the pain, we're cutting ourselves off from a beautiful part of God. Because he was also in the suffering. And so with that, I just want to close. But I want to give, give you guys, I really feel just a strong pull in my heart to give someone or other, a few people here, the opportunity to accept Christ in your heart. Because we literally cannot do this journey we cannot love one another. His love is made complete in us when we love others. But because we can't love others without him, we have to be able to complete this circle, right? So we need him. And if we don't have him in our life and we don't know him, it's going to be really, really hard to do this. I would say you're actually not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to love the way he's called us to love if you don't have him in your heart. And here's the thing. His heart broke for you a long time ago. And he calls us back to himself. I was actually, I told you I didn't accept Christ until I was 16. Um, my mom used to put me on a bus when I was little, like, to go to church. But I only remember getting on the bus. I was little. I was like, when I got older, like, you put me on a bus. Like, did you even know where I was going? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she did, but to, to me, I was like, I don't even remember where I went. I just remember going on this bus, and I'm pretty sure they took me to church. I need to ask her about that. I haven't asked her. Um, but anyway, uh, 
I, I was looking back through this book, and uh, it's like I was seven, eight, and nine, and it was like all these questions, like a little journal thing. It's like, you know, what was your favorite animal when you're growing up or whatever? But on the very first page, I put my name, and I put a little heart, and I put, I love God. And when I saw that, it really shocked me. But then I thought, why would it shock me? We were made to love him. We were made to love him. And that little girl in me, like, I knew that he was there. I might not have understood that he loved me, but I understood I loved him. And so, if you do not know Christ, and you want to know him that way, I want you to raise your hand. And I'm not about, like, put your head down. And first of all, why wait if you're feeling, like, this tug on your heart or you want to do it? And then let's not hide it. Let's celebrate it. (laughs) It is something to be celebrated. And so... Just right now, if you have not accepted him or you walked away from him and you want to return to him because you want this love and you know that he's tugging on your heart, I want you just to raise your hand. And I don't want you to be nervous. I mean, everybody here might know him, but if there's one person here who doesn't, I just don't want you to miss an opportunity to stand up and say, This is the kind of God I want that loves me, that sees me. Oh, one more chance. I know how I was. I'm like late. I'll just be like, I don't want to put it. I don't want to do it. But all right. Let's go ahead and just close in prayer. And um, are you coming up after? Okay. Lord Jesus, I just thank you. that you love everyone here. And I pray, Lord, that they would just leave here with a fire larger than they came in with, a burning love in their hearts for you and for others. And Lord, that we would be a people that would activate love with one another in our homes and our workplaces in our church. And we just we just thank you. We love you, God. We love you. Amen.